Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, we are back with another Firetime Magazine Rapid Reaction episode, and Man, like I said for the last couple of weeks, these episodes are super fun for me where we listen together to an audio article from the Firetime magazine. I take notes and the second that that audio article is done, I hit record and I give you my immediate rapid reaction to it. And truly, every single month when this digital magazine comes out, I read and listen to the content just like many of you do because, man, I, I just appreciate the perspective. I love hearing from the community of voices and just the different perspectives that people have. So in this episode, we are going to be listening to an article from the December 2022 issue and Phil Connor, he wrote this and every month Phil has a column in the magazine that's called Firepower with Phil Connor. And I mean, yeah, these pieces are so good. They're, they're these quick, punchy pieces that are extremely thoughtful that deal with finding our firepower just as a human being outside of anything that we do at work. And the episode from this particular issue is on connection. And I remember reading and listening to it at the time and thinking, this is really, really good. But it has been a little while. It's been over a month or so since I've listened to it. And so I'm stoked to get back into it. I'll take notes and give you my thoughts. Well, hey, before we get in, you've been hearing me talk about this, but I'm not going to stop until we get to the HPB Expo. But if you haven't heard about it yet, the Firetime Network team is hosting an edX event at the HPB Expo this year in Louisville, Kentucky. And this is going to be a really, really cool night. So if you were at the trade show last year in Atlanta, maybe you were a part of the happy hour that we had. And it was incredible seeing like, I don't know how many people came, like 200 people from the industry and seeing all these folks just connecting, competitors talking with each other. And it was just a really fun night. So we're going to be taking that momentum and notching it up. We rented a theater in downtown Louisville called the Baumhard Theater. That's a really, really cool space. It's right on the waterfront. It's in the heart of everything in the city. And on Saturday, March 11th, from 7 to 9 p.m., we are going to pack out that theater and present three TED Talks for our industry. In addition to that, we'll be celebrating some of the older generation that has brought us to where we are. But these TED Talks are specifically focused on where do we need to go in the future. So I'll be giving one of them. Grant Falco will be giving one of them. And we have a mystery guest for the third space. But I'm telling you, it's going to be really, really cool. So in order to register for it, you can go to itsfiretime.com slash edx. That's itsfiretime.com slash edx. The event's totally free, but we do anticipate it's selling out in the sense that there's not going to be any seats left. So make sure to go there, register yourself and your team. Truly, if you're a sales rep, you're going to want to take your customers to this. In between every TED Talk, we're going to have specific response time for you and the folks around you. So if you're a sales rep, bring your best dealers to this. If you're a dealer and you think your sales reps need to be a part of this and hear this conversation and be a voice in it with you, invite them. I'm telling you, you're not going to miss out. So with that said, let me jump out of the way. Let's listen to this audio article together and then I will give you my rapid reaction. 
Firepower with Phil Connor. Connection. The holidays are a fantastic time of year, especially for the hearth industry. This is our time. We realize our customers are gathering with family and friends in front of the fires we put into their homes and businesses. Memories are being made, and we had a hand in making them. Some of the gatherings will rekindle the memories of yesteryear. Others will be the spark of future traditions just getting started this season. Besides the hearth spaces that you help create, what's the spark that lights up a gathering? It's connection. We've all felt that moment when we know we're right where we belong with the people who matter most. Some of us spend a lifetime searching for that moment. Others have learned to connect with people in an instant. As human beings, we were designed to connect with others. We need that for survival, but also to thrive and grow. It's one of the reasons solitary confinement is such an uncomfortable existence. We need and crave connection with others, and there are seven things we can do today to improve how we connect with those around us. Smile. Most of the people we meet today will be deep in thought. They will be distracted by the stressful situations and urgent issues that are nagging at them. We can choose to send a smile to everyone we meet. When we make this choice, an amazing thing starts to happen. People reflexively return or mimic a smile they see. They can't help it. It actually requires effort to resist smiling when we see someone else smiling at us. Think of how cheerful your day will be knowing that you made several people smile. It takes virtually no effort, and everyone looks better when they smile. Start right now. Come on. Just a little smile. See? Make eye contact. Another way to connect effectively with people is to look them in the eyes when communicating. If you're concerned that this will be perceived as glaring, try looking at each eye back and forth. This will create the perception of eye contact, but it breaks the flow just enough that it doesn't feel like staring. Having eye contact helps both people remain focused on the conversation and makes it easier to perceive facial expressions. This improves understanding and overall communication. Who doesn't enjoy that? Use names. From the first moments of our lives, we identify with our names. They're uniquely ours. When others use our names, we recognize it and become focused on what they're saying. When we can get in the habit of using the names of people we're speaking with, it increases their retention and reinforces our connection. There's no greater connection to the identities of others than using their names in conversation. Occasionally mentioning others' names as we speak helps us stay focused on who we're talking to as well. Be purposeful. When speaking with others, rambling, unfocused dialogue is a deal breaker. By purposefully focusing on what we're saying and what we hope to learn from others, we create a positive connection. Our listeners are more responsive when they feel we're focused and concise in our language. It allows the listener to process the information we want them to retain more easily. Be present. Eliminate distractions proactively when engaging with others. Turn off electronic alerts on devices you may be wearing or holding and remain focused on the discussion. Life can be hectic for all of us. Connecting with others requires putting other stimuli on pause and being fully present to the individual or individuals we're speaking with at any given time. If the background behind the person you're speaking with has a lot of activity, turn your body slightly away from the activity and really focus on the other party. You'll find that this gesture, however slight, will often be reciprocated and appreciated. Be authentic. One of my all-time favorite quotes is often attributed to the late George Burns, an accomplished actor and performer. When asked the secret to success, he said, sincerity. And if you can fake that, you have it made. 
Of course, he says this to get a laugh. Sincerity is the belief in what you're saying. Your audience needs to believe you're sincere. To truly connect with others, I think it's even more important to be authentic, to be your best and true version of yourself. That vulnerability is readily perceived and appreciated by others. If we want to connect and ask people to let down their barriers, we need to do it first. After all, if we want to connect with others, we need to be able to receive that connection. There are many examples of great leaders and communicators who have developed the skill of connecting with others. However, it's a skill we can all hone and improve. There's no better time than during the Christmas season to gather around the hearth and connect with family and friends we cherish most. Make this season the most memorable and connected. When you're able to connect, that's when you truly possess firepower. Thanks for listening, and have a very Merry Christmas. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that article by Phil Connor. Seriously, every single month, I I just love his firepower pieces. I think that they are so timely. And if you're listening to this in real time, he's in just an awesome series now that is covering some cardinal virtues that we should be very, very aware of and in touch with in our own lives. Okay, so jumping into this, I mean, connection. He says it at the beginning, we were designed for connection. He's writing this in December. You know, there's the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, everything else that's going on during that time. This is a time of connection. And, you know, I I just started jotting down each of these recommendations that he has. And, And these things are so simple, but man, if you're in a position of leadership, it, it really makes a difference. I mean, I, I, I think for me, like, you know, the, the one about smiling, I remember working for people who never smiled and it, it honestly soured things. It, it, it felt like they were never happy, always cynical. Um, and it just, it, it, it was not, it was not fun. But when I, when I think about who some of the people are in my life that I connect with the most in many cases, they are people who smile. Something I've been trying to get better at is when I go on runs, I try to smile and wave at everybody that, that goes by. And sometimes I, I think like, man, are they going to think that I'm crazy? This guy's just like smiling and waving as he's running. But I, I you know, I, I feel like, no, I mean, I think about what if, what if we were like stranded on a island somewhere and we thought we were all alone and we just ran past this person, we'd be pumped to see them. We're both human beings. And so I kind of take that and I scale back that situation to think, well, yeah, smiling and, and waving at my run is probably okay. When, when Phil talks about eye contact, this one is so big. And, and for me, this is something that I've really been trying to grow in. I, I think in my early teens, I never used eye contact and I was looking everywhere, but to the person I was talking to, and I'm not joking in my, in my life, someone made me aware of that. And I started really intentionally trying to look at people in the eyes when they talked and I I can attribute so many things in my life, doors that have opened relationships that have been made and some success that I've been able to have. I really think in large part because eye contact builds a connection. I think I think that whether you are or not, it 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 looks like you're listening. Like when people are looking at us and staring, you know, intently into our faces as we talk, it makes us feel good. Like we are important and this person is is focused. The next one, 
using names is really, really hard for me to this day. I really struggle with it. And you know who it was that made me aware of how much I struggle with it? Is Grant Falco. He's never said anything to me about this. This will be the first time he's heard it if he's listened to this episode. But from talking to Grant, Grant is so intentional about using names. And even though me and Grant are like best friends, he will use my name when he talks to me. And he'll say, Tim, this is really special what you put together. Or, hey, Tim, I've been thinking about this and and this is what we need to do. But when he uses my name, I feel it in my gut. I really do. And my default and tendency is to be very casual. And so to say, dude or man or guys or, you know, whatever, whatever's appropriate for the, for the context that I'm in. But I'm finding that when I do have the discipline to use people's names, it, it, it actually puts me on the hook for the conversation because especially if it's a new situation, I need to remember the name. I need to be intentional with it. And, and to use the name, at least for me, I really need to see them as a human being. And for me, again, I'm still growing in this, but I've seen people like Grant just make these powerful connections with people. And I, I think that using people's names really is a big part of that. And, and, that, and that goes to you know what Phil talked about next in, in being purposeful and, and present. You know, being present is really, really important for me. And I might have talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but when Phil talked about silencing alerts on the phone and everything else, you know, I mean, phones rob us of being present. And so probably, I don't know how many years ago, probably four years ago, three years ago, somewhere in there, I took email off of my phone and that might sound crazy, but I have not looked back once. And, and actually that was when I was managing five retail stores. It, it wasn't, you know, now that I've got Wi-Fi and I, I do some consulting work as well, my team is smaller and I have a little bit more control of my schedule. So I've had people tell me like, oh, well, of course you can do that, but I can't do that. But truly, like when I was managing five stores, I took email off my phone and it was from a book I read, but basically it was about how people don't need to hear from you that quickly via email. If they do, they can call you, they can text you. And instead by being intentional with checking email at certain points throughout the day, you can still get back to the people that you need to get back to. But what it will do for your sanity and your ability to be present to the situation and even to be able to think more clearly, it's unreal. And so that was one of the best decisions that I ever made along the same lines with my phone in particular, because it was robbing me of being present in situations, right? We've all had those times where we're in a meeting and a team member is just on their phone or you're talking to someone and they're, you know, they're, they got their phone out texting or, or looking at something at the dinner table or in whatever conversation you're having. I didn't want to be that person. And so for me, I actually had my wife put a password on social media, internet browsers, anything that for me was robbing my ability to be present. And we put a time limit on it. So literally like I've got, you know, 15 minutes on Instagram every day. And when it's gone, it's gone. And my wife's got the password and I don't know what it is. And that might sound crazy, but what it's done for me is it's allowed me to spend less and less time being distracted and be present in the conversations that I'm having. Don't get me wrong, I still find plenty of ways to be distracted, but what we don't realize 
is that our culture of notifications and screens and devices is intentionally trying to keep us distracted so that we consume content that makes them money in advertising. We are the product being sold on the open market and we can choose to take control of that. And the byproduct is that we are able to be present in our relationships. To close out, when Phil talked about authenticity and sincerity, those are really big ones. And, you know, for me, like authentic is really interesting. And there's one sense I really believe in it. And there's one sense that I don't. And and what I'll say is this, is I think, I think that when it comes to doing good work, if, as an example, you know, trying hard in your business to be a good leader or uh, establishing a CRM system or creating a cadence of meetings or a sales process. Well, oftentimes as a leader, we don't feel like doing that. We would rather just do what we've been doing. And I've had so many situations where it comes down to people don't want to do something that's not quote unquote authentic. And I've seen this in, you know, in relationship spaces as well. Well, you know, I I can't be gracious to my wife because I don't want to. It's not, it'd be me faking it, you know? So like, you know, the kind of situations I'm talking about. And in, in those cases, for me, uh, it doesn't matter what is authentic or, or what's not. Professionals show up and do the work and amateurs don't. So like in your business, I don't care if you woke up with a headache and you're not feeling good. I still want you to come in and run the meeting even if you don't feel like it. You know, I still want you to be gracious to your wife or to your husband even if you don't feel like it because you are a professional spouse. You know, that is what you are based on being married to this person. So for me in that sense, I I actually have very little patience for authenticity. But in what Phil's talking about when it comes to connection with other people, I think that authenticity is a superpower. It really is. And what I mean by authenticity is by genuinely opening yourself up, being sincere, and laying your cards on the table. Now, sometimes people don't know what to do with that. I've had I've had people tell me like, "Tim, I didn't know how to read you at first because I I thought that there's like some ulterior motive." And and you know, in some of these cases they said, "No, there there wasn't." And and I think for me, um that's just been something I've tried to wear on my sleeve is just, you know, this is who I am and this is what I want and I think that this is really cool what you're doing and and not have any kind of, you know, secondary motive, just authenticity and and sincerity. And I I can't say I always do that, but it has been something that has been really helpful for me. You know, um, very, very recently, I mean, I'm not joking in the last week and a half, I was involved in a negotiation that got a little bit intense. And one of the things that was very clear is that I was negotiating with a win-lose negotiator is win-lose. You know, they have to win, I have to lose. It's the only way a negotiation is going to work for them. And for me, I am a win-win negotiator. And I told him that, like right at the beginning of our time, kind of trying to come to a conclusion on this, I I said, hey guys, like I'm just gonna tell you, I'm a win-win negotiator. I'm gonna lay all my cards on the table and tell you where I'm at. And this is what we're proposing. And we're not gonna compromise on it. Um, But I I have no hidden agenda. There's no... I'm not giving you something like a fake number to backtrack or to, to, to make a starting point And then we come to it like, no, like this is the number and, and that's it. 
And uh, the negotiation did not end in an agreement. And in this case, the negotiation didn't end in an agreement. But the way that I felt is that I want this to be a win-win. As I look at this situation, I think this is a win for both sides. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's totally fine. But I'm not going to be inauthentic or insincere in trying to nickel and dime or give a number and then change the terms. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So I, I think that, you know, being somebody who can be sincere and who can be authentic, it, it will get taken advantage of. And there'll be opportunities that you miss out on and, and, and situations that, that others um, exploit. But to me, I, I look at that and think, you know, that's kind of the cost of doing business if you're going to be genuine, sincere, and authentic. But the upside is that you're genuine, sincere, and authentic, and you're probably going to make a lot better connections, even if maybe they're not the most profitable or you miss out on something every now and then. I think that you're much better off just as a person being that way. And, you know, Phil's article really did a good job of highlighting that. So there you go. There's my rapid reaction to this article. You know, it's funny, like as we get deeper and deeper into this list, like it gets it gets pretty personal and and you have to be very introspective to think about like, do I do these things? Why am I not authentic? Am I afraid to be sincere because someone might take advantage of me? Am I not purposeful because I'm distracted into oblivion? Like these are really big questions. And, you know, for me, it's just an example of like every single month, Phil's content is so good. It just, it cuts straight to the heart. Well, as we round out here, if this podcast has been a blessing for you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website, patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash it's fire time. Now, as you go out today, I know we're kind of in like the doldrums of the season is kind of continuing, but it's, it is starting to slow down and we're in that middle ground. Well, this is the time where your team needs you. And, and I would tell you, like this week, pick one of the things on this list, smile, eye contact, use names, be purposeful, you know, any one of these things on Phil's list, use it with someone in your company and, and not just once, like dedicate the week to it. Like I'm going to smile every time I see one of my team members, no matter what's going on, no matter how bad my day is. I'm telling you, if you do that, you're going to have a different week. They're going to have a different week and you will find yourself making connections. Well, that's all that I have. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, if you've not signed up for it yet, you need to sign up for the Firetime Network edX event at the expo this year. You can do that by going to itsfiretime.com slash edX. That's itsfiretime.com slash edX. Hope you guys have an amazing week. We will talk again very soon. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all into